Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I am your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in Studio B with Pastor That's Nick right. Plummer. Studio B is pretty good. It is. It is. Hey, Pastor Nick. We're in the inner court. How you doing? Literally great. Yeah. We are in the I'm inner court. To be here. And you know, it is the Passover season coming up, and we have a reminder here. That's um, right. To remind us that is oh, absolutely. the Passover season. That's Amen. Right. We're supposed to take up our cross. That is by the blood of the Lamb, right? The blood that was shed before the foundation of the world. Amen. That's good. So uh, Passover is coming up on Saturday evening. So at sundown, Passover begins, and we are into the week of unleavened bread. And it's going to be a uh, full moon. Well, isn't it always? Well, yeah, it is. <laughs> Remember the Passion of the Christ? The moon was real full. Right, 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 right. And just like a full moon for tabernacle, so we're fully regathered or gathered. Fully redeemed? Fully redeemed. Fully, fully restored. Gathered. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Love it. I that do too. so good. Redeemed and restored. Man, that whole sanctification process all in between. <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy, it's a journey. So, uh, we are in the book of Leviticus, which is Pastor Nick's favorite book, and uh, we're studying the Torah portion, the second Torah portion in Leviticus, Tesav, which is command, and it is the Torah portion found in Leviticus chapter 6 and verse 8, and ending in chapter 8 and verse 36. Very good. This is excellent. You know, uh, just a little reminder here, uh, I have here uh, this book of Leviticus, the theme is, you shall be holy. Mm-hmm. We're in the second portion now. Chapters 1 through 17 shows the way to God. Chapters 18 to 27 shows the walk with God. Now, the book of Leviticus starts with consecration and ends with consecration. So remember that. The way to God is chapters 1 to 17, and the walk with God is chapters 18 to 27. So we're still in the way to God here. You shall be holy is the theme. It starts with the consecration ends with consecration. Uh, the cool thing is that um, we're going to be getting into the offerings some more. We, we discovered that last week. We have the five offerings of the the burnt offering, the, the, the meat or meal offering or grain offering. Uh, the third uh, offering is the peace offering. Then we have the fourth one is the sin offering and the trespass offering. So here we have five offerings that we're going to go into a little more detail on. Add some more detail there. And uh, the first three are voluntary. So the burnt meat and peace offering are voluntary. Uh, the sin offering and the trespass offering are compulsory. So once again, what's the difference between the sin offering and the trespass offering? In a trespass offering, you can make restitution. In the sin offering, you can't. And of course, we know that through the scriptures, we can trespass against each other and against God. So let's jump right in here. What is the name of the offering that was to burn upon the altar all night until the morning? This is the burnt offering. It just took that long, right? I mean, you got a whole bowl or something up on there for a burnt offering? That's right. That's uh, going to take a minute. I think I've got my little sheet here. 
Yeah, I do. You do. Uh, the priest portion on this, which is kind of interesting, is totally consumed. But the priest portion is the skin only. Mm. And we're going we're gonna to even find out about that, I think, in our outline. Now, the, the priest would take the ashes of the burnt offering and put them beside the altar. Okay. Uh, the priest was required to change his garments before removing the ashes out of the camp to a clean place. Once again, you're having a ceremonial part of the law here. This is the ceremonial part of the law. It's also pretty logistical, right? right. I mean, think about it. There's a bunch of ashes in the base of the thing. You've got to clean them out and put them out somewhere. Before removing the ashes out of the camp to a clean place. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, was the fire of the altar to burn continually? Oh, yeah. Yes. All Just day. Just imagine, you know. Day yes. and night and night and day. Yeah, day and night, night and day. And day. <laughs> So, you know, when you think about this, this burnt offering, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because uh, the question is, or the discussion was last night uh, in our Torah study, when did you come to the altar and become born again? And mine was in March of 1992 in my apartment in the evening. And I don't know the exact day, which is kind of funny, but it was March. In the spring, all kinds of cool things have happened to me. So... Um, that's actually when I came to the altar and became born again. You know, I was raised Catholic. I was a backslidden Catholic. I wasn't practicing Catholic. At the time I was 15, almost 25. So I was, I was 24 years old, going to be 25. And uh, I hit the mother load. Yeah. I hit the uh, lottery. I mean, you know, it's like it, just, it was a game changer. That night, so much happened that night. I can't go into detail, but so much happened on that night. It was unbelievable. It's like you just make one confession. You make one little move. And the heavens open up. It's almost like if you draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to yeah, you. Yeah, it was like he poured out so much stuff into me that night that it was it was just incredible. Yeah. Incredible evening. It was just, I can't even describe it. It was like swirling wind and the spirit and Jesus was there. I mean, I mean, he was so, you know, we talk about the Holy Spirit doing all these things and leading us to Christ. They, Paul talks about that to the Corinthian church. You know, hey, you know, you were idolaters and committing idolatry. and right. And the Holy Spirit revealed Christ to you and changed your life. And now you can have the spiritual gifts and all these cool things. But I'm only saying this because it's kind of like, you know, when you walk in a truth and then you begin to, you know, it's revealed to you and you begin to walk it out. He, he wants to show you more. That's why we're doing the podcast. That's why we're here in the Torah for God to reveal more to us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, his nature, who he is, what he is, what he's asking of us. And it's a great journey. Uh, I have to say that I've I've never been complacent in the whole time I've been born again because he just keeps taking me on this journey. And just when you you know hit, hit a certain way, I'm like, oh, I can rest a little bit. He throws a curveball. Oh, what about this? Here comes this now, you know. Here comes the Jews from Israel, you know. Holy vey, what's going on here? Yeah. So so it was definitely a game changer for me, you know. And, and the bottom line was, um, in, a, in a nutshell here, uh, I was a backslidden Catholic, became born again. I went to the First Baptist Church of Pleasant Grove, got baptized in water. Uh, that was really cool because I know I was sprinkled. Then, of course, I went to Family Worship Center, which is a Word of Faith church. Pastor Reggie Scarborough was my pastor in Lakeland. Great, great church. They're doing very well today. Um, he actually, th- that pastor was an interesting gentleman. That He used to own a piano store and was called to the ministry. You know, he oh, cool. Sold, he sold pianos. Yeah. Uh, neat story, neat testimony. And then, of course, then I went to Valrico New Life, which was uh, Pastor Danny McSpadden. Um, just want to honor him. And uh, he was a Baptist pastor. They got filled with the Holy Spirit, became a Baptist hostel. 
and he loved the dance. He loved worship. He loved the expression of it all. You know, he loved the gifts of, of tongues, interpretation of tongues and all that. But he got filled with the Holy Spirit big time. Good old Cajun boy from wow. Louisiana. Nice. So from there, you know, I met the Dreyer family, and then I got my Hebrew roots. So I would say that my testimony in, in conclusion here is that I've been involved in the Torah for over 20 years, and I, and I celebrated my first Passover in the spring of 1995 with Bacha and Angus Wooten and the Dreyer family. So that's my testimony, and that's where I'm at today. Wow, it's After a big all journey. After years, yeah, it's been great. It has so, been. So tell me your experience. So I you're mean, a good Methodist boy. I was. I grew up Methodist. Um, you know, so, I, so what was your method? <laughs> I don't know that I had a method at that time. Methodia in the Greek? Um, you know, my uh, on my dad's side, um, my great grandmother, I believe, was the first female minister in the state of Florida. And on so, your dad's side. on my dad's side, and wow. um, you know, if you consider that uh, that being a controversial topic, right? Female pastors is already a controversial topic in general, um, and then her being a a minister of some sort. Uh, I don't know. I never met the woman. Um, I know that she was at a, a church. I've been to the church in uh, Homosassa Springs, Florida, and uh, I don't know much else besides that. And so they were more on the Pentecostal your, side. And, and what relative was this? This is my great-grandmother on my dad's mom's side. Great-grandmother. Yes. So you're three mothers back? My dad's mom's mom. Wow. As far as I know. And then uh, on my mom's side, they were um, kind of Methodist Episcopalian, you know, because those are like two sides of the same coin. Interesting. Um, and, uh, and, and going back for, for generations. And being Methodist on that side of the family is more like a tradition, right? Like an identity. Kind of like when you're Catholic, like I'm, I'm Catholic, you know. When you're a denomination, right? Right. I'm That's a, your idea. I'm a yeah. this. I'm a that. I was you know? Roman Catholic. Right. So, yeah. like, for me, Hebrew roots, I don't necessarily consider myself a Hebrew rootian or anything. You know, I don't necessarily right. that an identity. No, you don't need to be that. But, um, you know, I, I was baptized, sprinkled with water with my whole family, you know, at the altar at seven years old. And um, I, don't, I went through confirmation as a young person uh, in the Methodist church. And uh, I always knew about God. You know, I learned about God. There and is a God. There is a God. I knew who Jesus was. I, you know, we celebrated, you know, Easter and Christmas and, you know, these very, um, you know, traditional American things, you know. Uh, but it wasn't until... Uh, I was probably about 18, 19 years old that I submitted myself to Yeshua, that I said, you know, I'm obviously not doing this <laughs> the right way, right? So you obviously are, are the one that does and has and, and will always. And so I submitted my life to him. And uh, I was, um, you know, at the time courting my my wife. And it was just, you know, she grew up in a Spanish Pentecostal church, right? And so Church oh, yeah. was, you know, oh, that's the real the church. spirit of God, right? Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen to that. Caliente. Yeah. <laughs> Salsa. <laughs> oh, but yeah. you know, um, you know, my wife grew up with a much more real uh, understanding of God that God has power, that God is real, that God's a spirit, and not that I didn't understand those things, but again, remember, you know, being a Methodist, you're just, everything's just much more traditional, you know. That's right. Um, and so, like I said, it wasn't until I had a born again experience that I really. Um, submitted my my life to God, and then it's been you know it's had its ups and downs since. But it, probably about seven years ago, I started figuring out this whole Hebrew roots thing. Um, and back then, I just understood you know God's way is good, pagan way is bad. You know, Bible good, 
pagan idolatry yeah, bad. what am I doing? You know, and so I started questioning why we do things. And I think that the big thing about um, the Hebrew roots was that I started challenging assumptions. I'd always just assumed this is how it was done because that's how it's done. Right. Well, it's got to be in the Bible somewhere. Right. Oh, wait, it's not. So why are we doing these things right. instead of these Man's things? Man's traditions. Right. So in, traditions in, of men. Exactly right. So and then and that's exactly what Yeshua rebukes in the Pharisees. He says, you know, creating, you know, putting above, you know, God's commands, the tr- you know, traditions of men. So it's, you know, it's been a I would say this. If I had to to do anything or say anything to the people that listen to our podcast about my testimony, my testimony is this that I dance with the one that brung me, that Yeshua means everything to me. The reason that I sit here week in and week out to talk about God's commands and his Torah and his teachings and instructions is because of Yeshua. He's the root of the olive tree. There is no redemption in the first five books of the Bible. He's the root. Outside of the shedding of Yeshua's blood. We're here because we're saved. Exactly right. And we're born again. We're here. Exactly right. So Leviticus is giving us a picture of Messiah and what he did for us. That's right. All of this pomp and circumstance that we go through right. in order to cover sins, Yeshua right. came in and he washed the Spiritual sins Spiritual laws. Amen. Spiritual laws on sacrifices. Right. So yeah, I mean, so it goes right into Leviticus chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. We go right into the grain offering, which once again is voluntary. Right. The uh, burnt offering is voluntary. So is the grain offering. It's called meat in the King James. And uh, we're Aaron and his sons to eat the remainder of the meat offering. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't like bread? Yes. And, of course, we go into, uh, uh, after that, we go into, uh, and before we do that, but think of the burnt offering as you give your whole life to the Lord. Yeah. And then the meat offering or the grain offering um, is actually your servitude. Amen. That, hey, I've given my life, now I want to serve the Lord. Amen. And it comes with unleavened bread. So the bread goes with the meal. Yeah. It's kind of like, you notice that when you go to the restaurant? Oh, yeah. Oh, would you like some bread? Yeah. It's, the meal's coming and you got the bread. You know, I love the fact that the, the five sacrifices are a picture of the walk of the believer. You know? Absolutely. And Yeshua fulfilled all of it. And we actually have a uh, handout called the Levitical Offerings here. This is actually from uh, Nelson's Complete Book of Bible Maps and Charts. That's right. 1993 by Thomas Nelson. We can actually... Uh, email that to you at ryan at to right. So, uh, and I have had several people, by the way, I don't even think I told you this, email me to get the Seder book. Absolutely. And PDF. I've been, I've been sending it all. Oh, yeah. Uh, even That's our great. friend from Norway who sent us the chocolates. Oh, yeah. I still got a. Uh, thank you for the chocolates left. again. I still have one of those left. Yeah. Stashed, high, yeah. hidden. Uh, that stuff doesn't last in Hidden away. So just think about that, because now we're going to get into the sin offering. It's compulsory. So, so you know, uh, if the first three are, are voluntary, this one's compulsory. So where is your sin offering? Was the sin offering considered holy, Ryan? Absolutely. The priest was allowed to eat the sin offering in the holy place in the court of the tabernacle. Uh, okay. And, and that's, of course, the sin offering. Uh, if, if you look down here and look on this page here, it's interesting. What was the priest's portion? Uh, when the sin offering was for a ruler or commoner, the remainder of the goat or lamb was to be eaten in the tabernacle court. So it's almost like a cafeteria, too. Mm-hmm. It's a dining room. Oh, yeah. Everything was right there. You know, I, I guess they had more little tables and things to work on, you know, other than the furniture. They had to have something. Sure. Tools and everything. But there was no benches, you know, uh, and all of that. So it's interesting because, you know, um, we talk about these offerings, and now we go right into, was the trespass offering considered holy? Uh, yeah, of course. So the trespass offering was considered holy. Remember, the trespass offering is 
something that we can do uh, against each other, and we can also do against God. And so there had to be some kind of a um, restitution along with that trespass offering that you could give. That's the difference between a sin offering and a trespass offering. A sin offering, you, you, you know, you've sinned, but you can't really make restitution. Right. No material items are involved or anything like that. But when it comes to a trespass offering, you know, forgive us our debts as we, we forgive, forgive our, our debtors. debtors. That's right. Because that's in the Lord's Prayer, you know. That's in our Lord's Prayer. And um, in this particular uh Offering the two kidneys were removed from the trespass offering. Once again, they're like they're filters. That's what they are. Yeah, the kidneys are filters, right? And um, so is the liver. Yeah. So that's removed, I believe, uh, from the sacrifice. Uh, the priest could eat the trespass offering. Um, Leviticus seven six. Uh, the priest could eat the trespass offering. As I look at my paper here, uh, the remainder to be eaten in a holy place. So once again, you're not wasting food except for the right. burnt offering, you know. Um, and, of course, uh, who kept the skin from the burnt offering? The priest that offered it. The priest that offered it. So whoever's doing that work right. gets the spoil. And, you know, uh, it's been said that you could ask for a certain priest. Like, let's say you wanted to bless a priest. Interesting, Just like yeah. your parish, like the Catholics or whatever. You yeah. Know? And so you're like, hey, you know, I want this priest. To, he went, when, are you, when are you on duty? And then you would bring your bull and say, here, I want you to have this. Yeah. You like that? Yeah. So that's kind of cool. So yeah, so basically that's what you would do. And I, and I remember that. I remember like um, a family that I went to Catholic church with one time, they'd given me like a like a necklace that had like a saint on it, you know? And uh, and they wanted a certain priest to bless it. And I was just like, I thought the whole thing was just bizarre, you know? What happened? <laughs> so I, I had a, uh, somebody had given me a necklace like with oh. a saint on it. I don't remember which saint it was, to be honest with you. And then we show up, you know, because they didn't want me to wear it until the police, priest could bless it. And so the priest took some water, you know, on his finger and did a little right. blessing Anointed on it. Right, it, set yeah. it apart. Yep, and blessed it. But they wanted a specific priest to do it, you know, and and it's almost like... I understand uh, traditions and customs. Yeah, it was almost like, you You shouldn't know, be so hard on it. I'm not, but, you know, you, know, you came in... little digs, you know. I remember, though. You know, I remember standing there and being like, Okay, and and they so so first off, it was a saint on a necklace. <laughs> that was one piece of it, and then interesting, and then they bless it, right? Because it's almost like, like you give them a tip, you know, like hey, thanks, you know, like hey, you yeah, know, hey, I hey. think uh, like Joseph. Oh yeah, pendants. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, they have other saints. I mean, they have like you know all these saints. Patron you know, saint for this, I, patron saint for you that. You know, right now we're not talking about. I'm sorry, you're right. I so let's let's <laughs> move on. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and cover this whole peace offering thing with Ryan, and and then we're going to I'm gonna turn it over to him. But I just want to really explain to you that in all the years that I've been studying Torah and the sacrifices, they are very relevant for today. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, if you just really think about it, you know, if you think about the principle. Yes. Not hey, I don't have an altar and I don't have an animal. What do I do? What, what am I going to do today? I'm 53 years old. I've got eight kids. What am I supposed to do now? Yeah. Well, I'm going I'm to show it to you. So we get into this uh, peace offering in Leviticus chapter 7, verses 11 through 18. The peace offering is voluntary. Okay. So what three different types of peace offerings could be made? So there was uh, a Thanksgiving offering or a gratitude offering. So you are blessed and you want to give a piece of it you know, as right, an offering. Right. You can do that. Uh, let's say that you received your stimulus payment. <laughs> <laughs> right, That's there's gratitude. A, right, a, thank you, President Biden. A vow or a votive offering. Um, so this is if you were to make a, a vow and then you want to seal that vow with some sort of an offering, and so you both go and, and you'd seal that vow. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Right. We go and bring it. That's when the trespass offering comes in. Right when you break that vow. That's you know, true. And then you need to. That's to, true. Um, 
type of bring an offering. And there's also a voluntary, just a, hey, I wanna, I'm feeling good today, and I want to bring an offering. And uh, in all these well, cases, right, you get to yeah. share with other people. Well, yeah, that's true. I mean, the gratitude, that's what it would follow. I guess that, that little portion there, uh, Leviticus 7, 12, and 16, is that you know it is voluntary, yes. and it's your free will. Correct. So I want everybody to understand that the peace offering is so important that when you give yourself to the Lord, when you begin to serve, you get blessings. Yes. And when people say, gosh, you know, you're, you're blessed, and then you share it with your family or your staff, and you say, you know, God, God is blessing us. So, you know, here's a Passover bonus. Nice. Whatever. Nice. So, so the thing is, uh, the peace offering for Thanksgiving had to be eaten the same day. So for the gratitude, hey, I'm so grateful. Okay, you got to eat it. Right? Yeah. That day. That's a party. Uh, the peace offering for a vow or voluntary offering had to be eaten the same day or the following day. Yeah. So basically, what it's, 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 uh, the, the difference is, is that when you complete a vow, it's a big deal. Oh, yeah. So you don't have to just act on it right away. You've like, got to take it all in. Hey, man, I fulfilled this vow. Right. Now I'm going to do it tomorrow or I'm going to do it today or whatever right. happens. And you actually fulfill it. When you decide to do it, that's when it happens. So like it could be two weeks before you decide to do it. Mm-hmm. But when you do decide to do it, you have to do it. You know, it has to be eaten the same day or the following day. Um, anyone who eats the peace offering on the third day would be guilty of an abomination and bear the iniquity. So it's strict orders of not to leave food laying around and this and that. Yeah. Not that it would be harmful because, you know, if the bread's left on the table for a week, the unleavened bread for the 12 tribes on the table of showbread, and it's changed out every week, I'm sure they ate it. Gotcha. But, you know, there's no uh, bread bag, you know. They probably had canvas or something to put it in or to distribute it, but it probably was a little hard, you know, especially like out in the desert. I bet. That extra toasty, crunchy. Yep. yep. You like crunchy bread? Or you do now. So uh, I'm convincing myself actually right now <laughs> that it's my favorite. Yes. <laughs> so anyone who was unclean and ate the peace offering would be cut off from the people. So once again, so it's, that's a, interesting. You it's be a clean state of being. To yeah, you're only unclean until evening and if you're reading the scriptures. So the right. next day comes and then you're not, you know. But it's the whole process of understanding it. Uh, could a person eat the fat of an ox, sheep, or goat? Uh No. No, they could not. No. And could anyone eat blood from a fowl or a beast? Oof, no. You know, I was talking with uh, Mrs. Campbell from England, and we were talking about blood pudding. And uh, I don't want to get into that, but that's a dish in England. Blood pudding. Now, I don't think you should eat that. I don't think they're iron deficient over there. I'd have to look at what is blood pudding. We'll we'll look at that up later. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And I was just saying that there's a famous singer. He's very famous. He he did the halftime show. His name is The Weeknd. And there's this video, and I saw one of the clips, and it's like he's like a monster, and he's got blood coming out of his mouth like he's bitten somebody or or eaten some flesh or something. Yeah, like a vampire. It goes totally against God. Of course. And a a great artist. I mean, he's got great talent. Yeah. And that's what he does. You know know where their talent comes from, right? Well, we don't want to get into that. <laughs> it's their influence. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, pay me now or pay me later. Right. Uh, anyway, so uh, anyway, uh, just think about that. Uh, the fat, you know, um, belongs to the Lord. So you can't eat the fat of an ox, sheep, or goat. Uh, could anyone eat blood from a fowl or a beast? No. Now, in the peace offering, the breast of the sacrifice was waved for a wave offering and eaten by the priests. The right shoulder of the peace offering was given as a heave offering and eaten by the priests. 
So once again, the peace offering was the only one they could participate in. And so that's when, when we say wave, they would be presenting this to the you Lord. Know, it's like you your know? stimulus check. You know, let's say you get your stimulus check. Yeah. You're thankful. It's gratitude. Yeah. People are going out and buying stuff. The oh, economy's yeah. getting jumped. I went to Sam's here. Club like this past week, and man, the amount of TVs on people's carts. I can imagine. So funny. I can only imagine. And it was crazy busy. How big that screen is. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you can get it in your car. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but anyway, you know, there's a lot to be grateful for. You know, oh, I yeah. love the the psalm that says, "Enter his gates with thanksgiving, yeah. his courts with praise." Yep. You know, I always make the joke about you know people coming here and sit and just criticize the service and the people, and I'm thinking, I you know, know, this is not the place to do that. We, no. You should be praising him, amen, because you were grateful at the door. That's right. I'm grateful for Bait Tahila. That's right. You know, when I had to leave for nine weeks like that, I, I cried. No, like a baby, man. I, I cried because I love church. Yeah. And now this COVID thing, it, 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 you took the one thing that I desire away, you know, that's where my heart is, my treasure is. So, you know, as we, as we move forward here, um, we can see that uh, different things are going on here. I'm going to let Ryan uh, take over the top of page two. But once again, the peace offering is very important. You know, you know, when you quit giving, Ryan, you have forgotten what has been given to you. Yeah. So just begin to pray about how can you give to others? Maybe it's a service. Yeah. Maybe you could watch somebody's kids. Maybe you could just bring them a home-cooked meal. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that we, we should start something, a movement here. You know, random acts of kindness. They want to pay it forward, all these neat things in the world. But just think about what could you do for somebody? Like, you know, when you got benevolence and everything, it's great. But if we could do that for each other, like, hey, could you pick my kids up from school? And, you know, and work together. Yeah. Because we're a family. And God wants us to participate. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we're moving on to... Uh, Leviticus chapter uh, we're eight. On the, we're on the top of page three. That's right. The question was, when was the last time you shared a peace offering with others to share about God's blessing? So I, I know I've done. I participated in that. Oh, absolutely. I've been grateful, and I haven't really fulfilled any vows yet. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I've achieved debt-free status. Yeah. But that's not really a vow. But I'm not quite there yet. But I am committed to. I've got to do a budget. Still got thinking a, about doing QuickBooks. Still got a mortgage. You know, still got. Yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, and then still got one one car payment. But yeah, I'm with you there. I would like to be debt free. I, I I support that. And you're moving towards idea. it. Oh, I am absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Well, and from a peace offering standpoint, I think that's a great idea, right? So like when you fulfill your uh, your payments, let's say you pay off your student loans or your mortgage or something like that, throw right. a party, you know, and right. celebrate, you know. Absolutely. Um, I think that uh, a lot of times our culture, like you know. People feel funny when they're when they're blessed, right? They don't want other people to know. Some people have a hard time receiving gifts too oh, because man. of pride. Oh, absolutely. I've had people tell me I, I have a hard time accepting gifts. Yeah, I said that's pride. No, it's not. Yes, it is. <laughs> Receive it, accept it. Somebody wants to give, you know. Yeah. Well, if somebody gives you a compliment. The best thing you can say to them is thank you. Thank you. If, you you're, if you're Chinese, they say thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So, so if it's the year of the ox, you know, it is the year of the ox. <laughs> Thank God but it's not the rat anymore. You just can't eat the fat. You, you dirty rat. Oh gosh, who wants to be a rat? So on a, on a peace offering though, uh, man, you made me lose my whole train of thought. I'm just like, you know. The peace offering, the rewards, the giving. I, I get it. I get it. I just, you, I'm you, trying to remember you, now. You did some good points. I, I was, I was, I was on a roll, You're you know. Great. And Being now grateful, I'm, celebrating, letting people in on your, your, you know, your accomplishments. Yeah. Well, I think Why that. Why are you grateful? Amen. You yeah, know. Yeah. My wife and I finally worked up to this incredible couch that we have to wait 
10 weeks for. I can't wait to sit on it, yeah. And it's outstanding. I mean, it's like from the third heaven. Yeah. It's like something I've never had before. It's it's that nice. And just like heaven, you have to wait for it. But like God is trying to, to tell me, to where's your faith? Why can't you have that? Yeah. We think, oh, no, we don't deserve that. We shouldn't have that. Yeah. Why not? Right? I read that in one of the Gospels recently. Christian and I have been reading. We read the whole book of Mark. We're in the middle of Matthew now. And we're trying to do like, say, two or three chapters a night now through Matthew in order to get ourselves up Matthew's to... Matthew's a lot to take on. Um, he's a king, you know. He's he is. Saying, he's saying, I'm a king and here's my kingdom. That's right. That's probably the best one to read. Yeah. Well, we're coming up to Passover. And so, you know, I'm, I'm reading chapters. And he's the and, king. Yeah. He is the king. Matthew. He's the king. Is about Jesus of as kings, king. right? He's the king of kings. There's the king of rock and roll, but there's the king of kings. That's right. Yeah. Which would make him the king of rock and roll by default. Yeah, the king of kings and king the lord of, of lords. Of so I was saying something, and then you threw all those king comments in there. Now I can't remember what I was saying. I'm losing my thoughts. It'll come back. It's, it's over here. If it's, it's in the important. cloud. It's in the cloud. You'll get it. Well, uh, what was I saying? We were reading um, Matthew. Matthew. And we chapters. were just saying something before that that it reminded me of something that Jesus said in Matthew. I can't remember. It's all good though. What you're gonna say something good anyway. <laughs> I wanna figure something out. So But I'm gonna turn it over to you because now you get the whole Yeah Aaron and his sons are ordained or the consecration of the priest now. That's right. They got so, all the sacrifices laid out. Mm-hmm. Now let's ordain the priesthood. Let's do it. So we got the protocol. So we're about to do a, a consecration offering, which is you would think is a sixth offering. But I think this can be considered a peace offering and or a burnt offering. So let's 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 read and figure what, it out. What's required? Right. So what sacrifice was needed to ordain Aaron and his sons? A bullock and two rams. So all the congregation gathered at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation for the ordination. So this is a big moment. We're taking the time to make this a separate and distinct moment to consecrate them as the priests. And so Moses washed Aaron and his sons with water. And then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle along with all that was in it. So we're getting the place set apart and anointed. We're getting them cleaned and ready to go. that's what it means to anoint, right? Right. To set apart. And so Moses sprinkled the anointing oil seven times upon the altar. So it's, you know, seven times. That's the bullock and the two it. rams. That's right. a lot of blood. And so what was poured upon... Think about these basins that collect all this blood and stuff. Oh, listen, and then... All well, the you, tools and utensils. In and, the temple, they actually had the spring you know, system coming in to where they, they brought in the water. That. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it was interesting. So what was poured upon Aaron's head? The anointing oil. The anointing oil, that's correct. he's the high priest. Oh, that's correct. And yeah. so here, here's what it says in chapter 8, verse 14. It says, And he brought the bullock for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the bullock for the sin offering. And so... It's mo- totally consumed. Correct. But well, get the skin. this is a sin offering. Oh no, no, the sin offering, right? Gotcha. Yeah, that's the that's the fourth offering. They got all these people standing at the door. They got to feed. They're sinners, <laughs> like you and I. So Moses took the blood from the bullock and put it upon the horns of the altar with his finger, and he also poured the blood at the bottom of the altar. And so they had his catch basin, you know, at the bottom of the altar that they would pour the blood into. And so the bullock, his hide, his flesh, and his dung was burned with fire outside the camp. The first ram was used for the burnt offering, and the second ram was used for the consecration offering. And so this was a, a separate and distinct offering in order to consecrate Aaron and so his So they sons. did the sin offering for their sins. Correct. And they laid their hands upon it. 
And so we recently heard and the about... And the first ram was for the burnt offering, totally consumed. Yep. The second ram was used for consecration, which yep. is like a sixth offering. Yep. It's a consecration. Yep. It's a one-time deal. One-time deal. One-time deal. So what three body parts of the before body... Before we do that... Oh. Before we do that, it's interesting that the bullock, his hide, his flesh, and his dung was burned with fire outside the camp. Correct. And, of course, that was the sin offering. Now, the Hebrews 13... 11 through 13, for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. Yep. So he was our sin offering. Shows that he was outside the camp just like they did all of this. Isn't that deep? It is deep. So there's a principle. He, Jesus still followed the principles. That's right. And I think, Man, you know, good. the red heifer, his ashes were also burned. Interesting. Her, her ashes, I should say, were Interesting. burned That's outside true. the camp. That's true. So here we go. What three body parts of the body of Aaron and his sons did Moses apply the blood of the second ram? Well, it's the tip of the right ear. The thumb on the right hand and on the great toe of their right foot. That's right. So we've talked about this in the past, the tip of the right ear. You know, they have to listen to God's voice. That's so their right. ear is separate and apart it's in order to you, hear the voice of what God. What are you listening to? That's right. Whatever you listen to, you repeat. The the thumb of the right hand, right? Grab what it. are you doing? Are you doing what God has called right. you to do? So you listen to God's instructions and you do them. That's right. And then the great toe of the right foot being are you going where God has instructed you to go? That's right. Go the places God tells you to do. Go. Do the things he tells you, know, you to do and listen to his voice. They say, and, and I, I haven't looked into this, but they say that if you if you don't have your big toes, you don't have balance. Oh, yeah. Your, your big toes give you balance. For sure. So God's wanting balance. Mm-hmm. My father actually um, has been diabetic. He's type 1 diabetic since he was young. And uh, he had his right toe, his... Well, one of the toes on his, one of his big toes removed because he had stepped on a nail on accident and it got infected, right? And then if you're diabetic, it's just difficult to heal from infections. His right like toe? I don't know if it's the right or the left, but his big toe. And so he had to have it removed. And so for a while, you know, it took him a bit to figure out the whole balance thing because he's missing a toe. And that's what... Yeah, absolutely. Everything serves a purpose. The body of Christ. That's right. The big toe's important. That's exactly right. That's awesome. Yep. So a basket of unleavened bread was used for the ordination of Aaron and his sons. So that's cool. A basket of unleavened bread. And a wave offering was given by Aaron and his sons. And so they brought a wave offering as well. This is cool stuff. And so the anointing oil and the blood was sprinkled upon Aaron and his sons. And so again, this is anointing oil and blood sprinkled upon them in order to consecrate them, right? We're setting them apart for the purpose of being the priests. That's right. And Moses gave the flesh and the bread for Aaron and his sons to eat at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. So just as this process, they're eating now this, uh, this offering. And so how long did the consecration last for Aaron and his sons? Seven days. That's right. Seven Big days time. Of festivities. And so... There's a one-time deal here. I'm feeling like this is going to come back to bite uh, Adab and... Nadab? Adab and Anihu. (laughs) Nadab and Abihu. Nadab and Abihu. Uh, They were there at the uh, covenant, you know, meal. But I'm just saying seven seven days. Nadab and Abihu. They partied. 
and then uh, I think when we get to the next tour portion, that's going to be a little. We're going to see the the rough part of not keeping your head on straight while you're doing these. Once things. again, we can all be made an example. Uh, oh yes, that's all I'm saying. Boy, is that the truth? I don't say why do they do that. I'm like, oh, that's me. I would have done that. So then, I guess there's a big question here, right? They've, we've just consecrated Aaron and his sons, set them apart for the purpose. Of, of becoming the priesthood, and then their children and their children's children from then on will be the Cohens, right? The Cohen right. name for, for generations to come. Even to this day, there are Cohens that will are, are ready to they, go. They've proven the DNA. Right. They're ready to go the to step a, up and be the, the priest the when, the, have a special DNA, when yeah. the next temple is built. So how can we be consecrated today for God in a fallen world? Yeah, I would just say... The most important thing is we have to make good choices. Oh, yeah. We just can't be flippant. Ah, whatever. Who cares? We, we need to care. We need to make good choices. You know, I would say that uh, basically um, I love the term that uh, Michael Heiser says in regards to what God is asking of us. And this is why I get frustrated as a pastor because I can rant now because you, you know all about me. But... <laughs> It's called believing loyalty, Ryan. And I've been a pastor for 18 years. And the reason why I'm here in 18 years later is because I've had loyalty around me. Right. It doesn't have to be a lot, but enough to run the church. Well, loyalty runs the church. Loyalty to the vision, right? So, Absolutely. But yeah. but believing loyalty. So what did, what did Paul say? As I follow Christ, follow me. Yeah. So I've had plenty of time to tell everybody what's going on, what's happening. Even the last four years from 2016 on, Judea and Samaria is a big deal. Right. Okay. A Beit Tehillah Israel is a big deal. To go over there and build a bridge to Israel is what we're believing and hoping for. That's our desire. That's what we want. You know, we don't want to be uh, sticking the mud. We don't, we don't want to muddy the waters right now. We don't want to get into all that controversy and debate because we have our faith, but we need believing loyalty. So that's what I would say. Probably the most dis- disappointing thing as a pastor here is the lack of loyalty from those that could be loyal, but yeah. are not. They just come and go. Right. They just ease their conscience or they have wrong motives. But believing loyalty is what God wants. And you know, it's interesting. Uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. As I would conclude this thought, it's actually found, uh, I would say, in Hosea. If I could go there, which is relevant for today. In Hosea chapter 2, verses 19 and 20, uh, it says, And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness. And in mercies, I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, Faithfulness. and thou shalt know the Lord. So right now we're betrothed to Yeshua. We're betrothed to him. So I would say believing loyalty. So important that we have that. You know, and if we mess up, just ask for forgiveness. When it comes to your friendships, when it comes to my leadership, if I mess up, all I can say is please forgive me. You know, your friendship, your loyalty means everything to me, and I want to be loyal back. I like that. You know, reciprocate. Reciprocation. I agree. So I um, I would say this. So it, the consecration process, um, the consecration process that we go through here with, um, with Aaron and his sons is that they wash their bodies with water, right? So Aaron washes, or I'm sorry, Moses washes them with, with water, and then he anoints them with blood and with oil. Right. 
So how can we today be consecrated and set apart to God as the royal priesthood that he's called us to be? Amen? Right. So water is a representation of the word. Right, the, the washing word. of the water, the, the word. The word, right? So let's let's just look at something real quick. You know, when we talk about the word and when the Bible talks about the word, I believe personally, because the New Testament didn't exist, right? And it's not necessarily speaking about the prophecies and the prophets. I believe it's speaking about the Torah, primarily. I don't mean that it can never mean anything else, but I believe that when uh, they speak about the word, they speak about the Torah. And so here's what it says in Psalm 19, starting in verse 7. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. And the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Now, again, I mean, I, I, I have many, many, many times had conversations with people that their mindset is, is the old, you know, Christian you know, generic doctrine that the law is done away with because the law is bondage. And I show them, you know, things like Psalm, you know, 19. Right. I show them other places where Yeshua talks about right. it and David talks about it. And everybody talks, everybody loves the law. And then all of a sudden it becomes bondage. Sometimes the f- script gets flipped, you know? Right. Or the, or the old covenant or the Torah was nailed to the cross. But imagine listening it's to this podcast as we, as we us. speak the very oracles of God, we, we, we speak the, the, the word out loud, we read scripture, right? The the public reading of scriptures. When we do that, we're washing ourselves and the people that listen in the water of the word. Amen? That's right. So that's part of the consecration process is washing in the water of the word. Now there's a verse about washing in the water of the word. You know, let me add to what you said. Yes. Because because here's the evidence. This is what's interesting. It is a choice. It is. To say, hey, Torah's teachings on instructions. It sure is. All right. It doesn't give life. It doesn't give eternal life. It doesn't. It gives instructions. You know, it, it's 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 a schoolmaster, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, like the Holy Spirit's a comforter and a teacher. But but what I'm saying is that, you know, if 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 we look at Jeremiah 31 and Hebrews 8, he says, after those days, I'm going to write Torah on minds and hearts. Well, how can it be done away with? So if we say, I respect you that he's not doing this on your heart and mind, right. but this is what he's doing on my heart and mind, and now I have to respond. So because I respond in faith, God is pleased. Because what does it turn into? Believing loyalty. I, I, I keep the dietary laws because I believe it. Amen. I keep it I, in faith, but I wouldn't put it on anybody else. Uh, I keep the Sabbath. I love the Sabbath. It's day that is sanctified and set apart. I I, I believe the Sabbath is from Friday night to Saturday night, and we can corporately come together. We're commanded to, to come together in a public assembly, and I do it in faith. Keep the feast days. Read the Torah portions. Right. You know, it's all in faith, and I believe it. Just like you know, dating is not biblical, but betrothal is. So I would lean towards that. Yeah. And I would only marry those that are in my community and that follow the betrothal steps. Yeah. So there's all these safeguards because that's my faith. That's what God's called me to. So you can't do like, you know, buy a rabbi or something, you know, or, you know, marry people outside the church and make some extra money. I could use it. Rent a rabbi? Yeah, rent a rabbi. <laughs> so, you know, uh, the two things that I got out of this this Wait, wait, wait I'm not done. Portion. I'm not done. I got a whole second half. I got the washing of the water of the word. 
Oh, he's got more. And then I've got the anointing, right? So they washed in the water. So this is how you you escape. This the, is how you consecrate yourself and set a, apart. Set yourself apart in a fallen world. The word, the washing of the water, the word. Okay. Then what does he anoint them with? He anoints them with the blood. Right. Right. And so this blood. Here's what it says in uh, Matthew, uh, chapter twenty six, verses twenty six through twenty nine. Wow, you're right. It is. So what, have you been studying this for Passover? No, I had coffee earlier. <laughs> it all so comes to me. I'm going to start in verse 27 because the first part is about the, the body, right? That's the right. second part, starting in 27, it says, And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink of it new with you in my Father's kingdom. So the New Testament is referring, obviously, the new covenant prophesied in Jeremiah 31. Yeah, renewed covenant. The renewed covenant. Not the blood of bulls and Right. Goats. So what is the purpose of the blood? It's the remission of sins. That's right. right? To make atonement. Because we're doing Leviticus right now, and it's you know, Leviticus talks a lot about atonement. It is awesome. It is. And then, do you know where the verses are about sin, righteousness, and judgment? Do you know where that is? It's in John. It's in John. See, I, was, I have it highlighted, and I was just looking. You, oh, you know how long I've you. said that? I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. It's yeah. in John. Come on. Chapter. It's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up. I'm going to find it for you. It's right here. It is found in right here it is john 16 7 there we go i'll okay. turn it over to you All i right. love this right boy we need this so okay so right now, so we were washed in the water of the word we're anointed with the blood of the lamb okay right. now we need the anointing of and so that being a picture of salvation right being a born again Christian. Comparing so, it to the consecration of the priest, that's what you're doing. Correct. Right. Correct. Tying it all in. Correct. So you have the anointing with the oil, or with the, with the, I'm sorry, the anointing with the blood. Yeah. And then the anointing now with the spirit. Right. And so the spirit of God, right, the Holy Spirit, the indwelling, inbreaking spirit of God. That's right. And so starting in verse 7 in John, it says here, it says, Then said he to another, And how much owest thou? And he said, A hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto sixteen seven. I'm on 16.7. Yeah, I think we're in the wrong place. John? John. I'm in Luke 16.7. I was like, I know I'm in the wrong place. I was so excited about hearing you read the scriptures I'm right publicly. Here. I'm right here. As we declare this. I'm right here. And look, there it is. It's it's highlighted. I know. I looked for it. I circled it's there. it. See the highlights? Yeah. I was looking for it. All That's right. That's right. I'm glad you had your Bible. All right. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I send him unto you. And when he come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe me not, on me not. On righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the Prince of this world has been judged. So, just stop right there. Okay. Now, Ryan, you're doing an awesome job. But this is what the problem is. Here's the situation. Okay. The culture is not calling out sin. Correct. There's no sin. Correct. You just got some bad behavior. Right. You're having a bad day. So all I'm sharing is, is this, because we need to understand this is so important, even for me as a pastor, of sin because they believe not on me. So why would Jesus come but because of sin? Right. 
So if you recognize Christ, you recognize sin. If you don't recognize Christ, then you can say, well, there's no sin. Well, because you throw the Torah out, right? Now think about this, though. So what does Jesus do? He comes to do the job. Right. So he's the righteousness. Yes. Because he can go to the Father now. He did what we're supposed to do in regards to sin. Yes. But if you don't regard sin, then you have no need for a Messiah. Right. That's how you cut him out. You cut out the middleman. No good. And of course, and then he concludes with of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. That's the final nail in the that's the final nail in the coffin Amen. right there. Because Amen. that's just what it is. It is. So what like it is. continue on. But, All right, but so, I'm just saying, you know, this is what we're dealing with. So when you consecrate yourself with the oil, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, right? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. Now, sin, righteousness, and judgment. So someone who has the Holy Spirit, right? I know there's, I know there's gifts of the Spirit. I'm, right. I'm, I'm fully in support of, you know, the speaking in tongues, right. interpretation of tongues. We need the one-on-one. The gifts yeah. of the Holy Spirit. But I am more impressed with somebody that avoids sin, practices righteousness, and makes good decisions. Right. Sin, righteousness, and judgment. Absolutely. You want to impress me? Personally. Avoid sin. Personally. Right. You know, desire, yearn for, go after right. righteous things, right. righteousness, right? And make good decisions. Because our righteousness is filthy rags. So how can you be consecrated as the royal priesthood today in a fallen world? Wash yourself in the water of the word. Be covered with the blood of Yeshua. Right, receive, be born again, right, and receive the Holy Spirit, so That's that you right. too can avoid sin, That's practice good. righteousness, and make good decisions. And you know, and if you don't want to do any of these things, we'll conclude with this question: <laughs> What would happen if Aaron and his sons did not keep the commandments charged by God? They would die. <laughs> they would die. Who was to die in their sins? Yeah, of course. So the two things that I got out of this portion is is learn and respect God's protocol. Yes. The ceremonial part of the law. Yes. So learn and respect God's protocol it, because it makes you slow down, number one. Number two, look for the principles found in God's word. Look for the principles because yeah. you're going to find a principle in there. Well, I don't have an altar. I don't have animals to sacrifice. What's the principle? Yeah. You know, and so once you start to, to study that, you'll find the principle and you'll, it'll actually play out in the New Testament. You know, it's interesting that Michael Heiser made some comment in one of his books he was talking about, or maybe he was talking about it in a, in a video, but Michael Heiser was saying something very profound. He said, you know, uh, when it comes to the Old Testament, it's all about Moses and the Torah. It's all a reflection. Yeah. That, that's, that's your filter. Yeah. That's your understanding. That's your reasoning. Okay. But he said, in order to understand the New Testament, you have to understand Second Temple period. It blew my mind. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. I mean, so once you understand how the Second Temple, you know, Herod's Temple, you know. Culturally, the whole okay, bit. Okay, how is that a reflection even of the New Testament, those principles? So that, that, that'll, that blew my mind. So uh, something I got to research. Well, that's what we talk about all the time within the Hebrews is context is key. You know, I mean, context. You can't just read these scriptures and take them out of context. Right. You know, if there's two temples and now there's going to be a third one, why are we getting in such an uproar? You read these things in context and then you apply the principles. Right. How many times has somebody taken something out of context and come up with some harebrained doctrine? People think Jesus didn't like the temple or something. Oh, he's glad that it's destroyed. Yeah, right. Get out of here. Why would he rebuild the second one and then there's a third one coming? (laughs) What about Ezekiel's temple? I know, right? I'm the temple. No, you're not. Well, it's symbolic. Right. You are. But there is. But there will be a physical temple. Yeah, so we got to be mature enough to receive that. Correct. All right, so my two things. The altar burns 24-7. If you are still waiting to come and receive Yeshua, 
There is no time like the present. Today is the day of salvation to receive Yeshua. You can put yourself on that altar at any time. And oh, by the way, guess what? The minute you give yourself up and you finally decide to throw yourself on the altar, he does the old switcheroo and he puts himself on the altar because he is your sacrifice. He already paid your debt for sin. And in, in Revelation 8, 3, in reference to the altar, it says, And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer, and there was given unto him much incense, that he should offer it with the prayers of all saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So Amen. in order to have the golden altar burning with incense or the prayers of the saints, you had to have a physical altar in heaven to draw from the fire. The fire had to come from the altar to light the incense and to light the menorah. Yeah. So once again, here's the, the principle that there is an altar in heaven. Yeah. All right. So my second point is it's okay to be set apart. I think uh, so many times we're still trying to fit in with the That's world. That's why the Jews survived all well, these years. And as the church, we're trying to do things like the world in order to attract the world. But all you do right. is you end up just bringing the world into the church instead of bringing the church out into the world. Right. Amen. And so it's okay to be set apart. It's important to be set apart because that's how you're going to make an impact and that's how you're going to influence others. That's right. Amen. Good word. All right. Why don't you pray us out? All right, Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to get into the word and the word got into us. Father, your word will not come back null and void. So, Father, we lift up the season of redemption to you right now. We come before you. We ask you to forgive us of our sins. Cleanse us of all iniquity, Father. For, yes, we have grieved and quenched the Holy Spirit. But, Father, we think that the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. We ask that for us in our individual lives. Those that are uh, listening or watching this, this video, Father, I just pray blessings over them, healing over them, uh, that they would prosper and, and that they would be blessed and that they would get a uh, revelation from you. They would be at revelation, not information from you, a download from you, and how much you love them and how much you care for them. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing as you are gathering the exiles. You are going to restore and regather the whole house of Israel. Father, Hallelujah. thank you for this Passover season. We lift up Yeshua so that all men, women, and children may be drawn into him, and we bind the enemy from trying to interfere in our Passover uh, feast day, Father, and unleavened bread. We we bind the enemy from from invading the and coming in uh, and his little schemes and his craftiness. We expose it right now, Father, because we want to uh, worship you in spirit and in truth, and we want to honor uh, your Son Yeshua, who is the Lamb, with with sincerity and truth. We ask this in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah, Father. We thank you so much. And guess what? We thank you for listening and watching today. Um, if you guys need anything, email me at ryan at praise.net. We do still have, you know, any resources that you want that we have spoken about, whether it be the Seder book or the offerings, um, little, you know, sheet that we, we give out at studies and stuff like that. Go ahead and reach out. Um, and, uh, by the time we see you again, it'll be unleavened bread. Pesach right. will be in the past and we will be headed That's into, right. uh, the Omer season. So bless you guys. Have a great week.